singers can have a seat as well if you like, but the team can stay and just be here. You know, I was having a conversation on Monday morning with Shane and Anna and uh, talking about the jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament and I caught myself, I think we were praying together. Is that right? Were we praying together? And I prayed how good it was and how excited I was to be coming out of preaching about the Old Testament to preaching Jesus. And it was this moment of kind of awkwardness because it was like, well, we have been preaching Jesus, but it's like just this. And there's that bit of like, we've been reading all the Old Testament, which is obviously we're reading a Bible reading plan, which is one story that leads to Jesus. And so it's all building up. But but has anybody felt a bit like that? reading through the old notes, just me, and there's no hand, not one hand's gone up, alright, this is just me, so you can just hear my kind of journey at the moment is reading the Old Testament, preaching the Old Testament, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it's a little, I find it a little challenging to apply something about bringing burnt sacrifices and slaughtering animals. I find it a little challenging at times to apply that to my own personal walk with Jesus. Is that, have I now got anybody on board with me? Is anybody else? I've now got three people. That's awesome. So I'm slowly, by the end of today, we're going to have every hand up. All right. And we're all going to get saved. But it's, uh, <clears throat> but it's like, you, you know what I mean? It's like, there's just this kind of really like another offering and another, like I've done something else in my life and and then we just open up this week to reading through Matthew. And for me, it's just been a breath of fresh air. And in the middle of winter, a little bit cold. Anybody found themselves whinging? I found myself whinging about the, the cold weather. I found myself looking back at 12 months ago, we just got back from six weeks away up in the Northern Territory. And I found myself just constantly looking at photos and they weren't really encouraging me. They were just like, oh, I want to go again. Like it wasn't, you know, how you can look at some memories and go, oh, that was an awesome time. It was like, that was an awesome time. But, oh, really? Now I'm stuck here in the cold. And it's like, but opening up and starting to read about the story of Jesus and Matthew and just got super encouraged. And so I don't want to preach much this morning, but I want us to have an encounter with Jesus. Because, you know, we, we talked a little while ago, Pastor Bruce asked the question and went around the old roaming microphone. I'm not going to do that, so don't freak out. But Pastor Bruce loves to do it every now and then. And he, he did it and just asked people, what was your first encounter with Jesus? And I've been thinking about that question a little bit since, and I might have even said it from the pulpit. I know I've said it in a few different contexts, but how many preachers over your life as a Christian, whether you've been a Christian for a couple of weeks or your whole life, and for some that's 50 odd years. It's like however long you've been coming to church services for, how many messages, how many preachers do you remember? Like you could probably count them on your hand, right? But how many moments with God do you remember? And I've just been thinking about this and going, you know what, I don't remember too many messages. I'm not really a person who learns from 
hearing things either, so that might just be the way I'm wired, but, but I can remember moments that I've had on the altar. I can remember moments that I've had with God. I can remember moments when I've been completely knocked out by the power of God. I can remember moments when other people have, have had those experiences. And it got me thinking about it. Well, what's actually more powerful? What's actually transforming my life? If I'm the whole deal of becoming more like Jesus, if that's a, a journey that I'm on, if that's a journey that we're on, if that's what we're doing here at church on Sundays is us becoming closer to Him, us developing our relationship with Jesus, well, what's actually going to move me? Is it hearing another three or five step sermon to becoming a better Christian or is it having a moment with Jesus? Because as we read through Matthew and Jesus is into teaching and preaching, yes, but but He's into giving people moments. He's into having moments with people. And so I love that as we read through Matthew, there's these moments. There's some great teaching as well. I love this bit of, in Matthew 5, Jesus is starting a sermon on the mountain. In Matthew 5.13, He says this, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. He said it to those that He was speaking to at the time, but He says it to us today. We are, I am, the salt of the earth. But if the earth loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know when you, you order hot chips? And you ask for either, all right, we'll divide people here, plain salt or chicken salt. Doesn't really matter, it's salt, all right? So let's just divide and then we'll come back to conquer. All right, just very quick. Is there anyone that doesn't put salt on chips? Just because this is really going to divide us now. I see no hands. Good. That's a good no hands. But you know when you get hot chips and and they forgot to put the salt on it? Is there anything worse in ordering takeaway and getting non-salty chips? All right, I've just really narrowed that right down to... My dad, my dad would say ordering a hamburger with a lot, no tomato, and then getting tomato. All right, he would say that's worse than no salt on chips because he's not a fan of tomato. But, but you know, we can get like that. We can, we can lose our saltiness. How do we get our saltiness back? How do you get your saltiness back? Because when we go into the world, we're meant to be salt and we're meant to be light, but, but we can lose our saltiness. How do you get your saltiness back? 
What do you do? Do you open the Word? Do you go and put on worship music? Do you go for a prayer walk? Do you lock yourself in your prayer, 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 prayer closet? What do you do? Because we've got to work out as Christians, if we're going to be salt to the world, we've got to work out that when we lose our saltiness, how do I get it back? When, when I give my saltiness away, because somebody needs to know Jesus and so it's, it's hard work sometimes to be a good Christian and live a good life, right? Sometimes we've got to make tough decisions. Sometimes we've got to decide I'm not going to have that extra drink. I'm going to decide to go home a little bit earlier. Sometimes I've, I've got to decide to not join that conversation, but to shut it down. Sometimes I've got to decide to choose against what my friends or my family are doing because... It's not the right thing to do because I've got boundaries in my life. And in that moment, I lose a bit of saltiness. Sometimes I can feel a bit dejected. Sometimes I can start to go, oh, I've let them down again. But in actual fact, what I've done in that moment is I've shown them that I've got a line. Sometimes I can show them that I'm actually standing for something, but I feel let down because you know what has actually happened? I've lost my saltiness. They've taken it. They've, they've tasted and seen what God is about. They've tasted and seen what Jesus is about in that moment. And so that little bit of, oh, that little bit of letdown, that little bit of exhaustion, that little bit of, is this all worth it? I need to get my saltiness back. And so for me, getting my saltiness back it's Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., every week here praying with the guys. That's part of what I do to get my saltiness back. You know, 18 months ago, two years ago, somewhere around there, we, we talked about just stopping the men's prayer because we got up to about 20-odd guys coming to men's prayer and then for whatever reason, mainly slackness, guys just decided, just calling it what it is, guys decided to not come anymore. Priorities shifted. Got job. Got things happened that, but some just got slack. Decided I'm not going to come. It would have been very easy to just go, well, no one else is coming, so I'm not going to come. But, but I made the decision, no, whether I'm the only one there or whether there's 20 guys there or whether there's 50 guys there, I'm going to come because I know for me that I need to keep salty. I need to stay, I need to remain salty. I need to have that edge to me. And how do I get that? By getting out of bed and coming to prayer meeting when I would really rather stay in bed. I am not a morning person at all. Ask Emma, waking me up anytime, whether it's six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. If I'm asleep, don't try and budge me. Blake's now worked out that if he just slaps me harder and harder and harder, eventually I'll roll over the other way so he can't reach me and go back to sleep. But no, so getting out of bed is a challenge. But I know for me, that's how I keep my saltiness. So my question to you this morning is, how do you keep your saltiness? How do you continue to burn your light? 
bright or if that analogy works better for you. How do you continue to put your light on a stand instead of have it smothered by different conversations and different choices? There's things that we do, there's things that we need to do to keep, to maintain, to build. The other flip to that is that if we don't have those moments with our friends, if we don't have those moments with our colleagues, if we don't have those moments with our families where there's that little bit of, I call it awkwardness. You might find a different word for it, but I'm awkward with words, so I like the word awkward. But there's those moments, you know, when, when we do choose to have that and they take our saltiness. But if, if we don't have those moments, but we keep coming to prayer meetings and we keep doing the things to build up our saltiness, guess what happens? We just become this, you know when you have a chip that's just got way too much salt on it? It's like Blake tried a lemon the other day. So I had pancakes for breakfast yesterday. It was yesterday and pancakes and so we had some lemons there and so squeezing lemon because lemon and sugar on pancakes is one of the best combinations ever and so training our children in that. Uh, we didn't have cream to have strawberry jam and cream, but otherwise it would have been that. But So Blake's just decided he's going to try the lemon because Mason and Riley quite like it. Strange, I know. But, but he's done, and it's like, it's got that real. And so if we don't have those moments where we're giving away, we become too overpowering. We become just that, you know, weird Christians. We don't want to be them, right? We don't want to be those. I don't want to be that. You know what, by the look of your faces, you don't want to, you know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. We've all met those people in our lives. People just run. So we've got to have this balance of making those decisions, putting ourselves in those places where we can give our saltiness, but having those moments in our lives where we can replace and replenish and build our saltiness, build our flavour. So what is it for you? Where's that moment for you? I want to leave that one with you as a thought. But if you need to get salty this morning, then we're going to have an opportunity soon to come and have a moment with Jesus. I'm going to jump forward further than I said, Matt. To Matthew 11. Because another thing that can take us out from being effective is being run down. And I love that in Matthew 11, Jesus addresses this and He says this, He says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Does anybody else remember that Swiss ad? 
you know, Swiss for men, Swiss for women. There was ads going around on TV a little while ago. They had Ricky Ponting. They had, I think, Steve Smith. They had, a, I think, a female tennis player. I can't remember. But it was that tired, stressed. You'll feel better on Swiss. Anybody? No? Just me? All right. Jordan remembers. Thank you, sir. It's not just me going crazy, but I always have that ad whenever I read this scripture. Great product placement and advertising by them because... If I'm ever going to buy multivitamin, multivitamins, I can't even say the word, so clearly I don't take them. But if I'm ever going to buy them, guess what I'll buy? Tired, stressed, you'll feel better on Swiss. Oh yeah, I'll go buy Swiss. So, good by them. But come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden, my burden is light. You know, we have those conversations. Oh, so it's so hard coming to prayer meeting all the time. It's so hard being on music team because I have to be there every other week. It's so hard being on kids because I miss out on the sermon. It's so hard being on this because I have to do that. It's so hard being a welcomer or on coffee team because I have to get there early and leave late and I have to get there to turn the machine on and go get milk and I have to, it's so hard being in a connect group because I have to go out and speak to people and I'd rather just sit on the couch and binge some TV series that adds nothing to my life. It's just tired. I need to stay home and rest, but then I'm going to stay up till one o'clock watching a movie. Jesus doesn't say tired, stressed, feeling worn out, stay home and rest. Jesus doesn't say go on a holiday. Those things are have got their times and those things have got their moments, but there's no point ever going on a holiday to find rest. There's no point ever going on a holiday to find rest and leaving Jesus at home. Can I say that again? Because that that will change someone's life and that will change someone the way someone does holidays. There is no point ever going on a holiday, taking a break because you're tired and run down and stressed, but leaving Jesus at home. Because who's the one that gives us rest? Jesus. There's moments, there's times, that six week holiday that I said to you, we we went to church not once in that six weeks because We were not anywhere near a church in that six weeks. We were planning to go to Darwin. And then the one Sunday we were anywhere within probably 100 kilometres of a town big enough to have a church. The one Sunday that we were going, Darwin went into lockdown and we boycotted civilization and went, let's go bush again. And so we just stayed off grid. But So there's there's moments when, yes, it doesn't work, but, but otherwise it's like... We still had church. We watched church. It was great that it was in the middle of COVID because we had online church. And so we could watch church. And so every time, sometimes church took six hours because we'd be driving from here to there and we'd have church on in the car and and we'd be driving along and then we'd run out of reception. And so church, we'd get the spinning wheel 
of death on the phone. And so we'd have to wait until we got to the next mobile tower, had reception again. And then we got another five minutes, maybe we got another song. And then in the end, we just like, let's skip the songs and let's move to this bit. And then let's move to that bit to try and... But we've got, we need Jesus. And so I don't know where you're at, but I'm stirred up this morning to introduce you to Jesus. Might be the first time, might be the hundredth time, it might be the first time this week, it might be the first time today. But if you're tired, if you're stressed, if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling run down, I want you to come and just stand on the altar this morning. Stand up out of your seat and come. Don't wait till somebody else moves. If you're tired, if you're stressed, if you're weary, if you're run down, I would love you just come and stand on the altar this morning. Because I love that this scripture. Come to me, come to me. All who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. See, it's not the the action of coming out the front. But at the same time, it is the action of coming out the front. For those that have been around long enough, when we bought this building and when we were renovating it before we put the carpet down we had prayer meetings in this building and one of the prayer meetings we all knelt, the stage had been built and we all knelt across the front of the stage where I am facing out and had a prayer meeting and we put oil on the concrete slab under this carpet Praying over this altar that lives would be transformed. Praying over this altar that people would find Jesus. Praying over this altar that people would find hope. Praying over this altar that people would be healed. And so when we come and we stand on this altar, when I come and I stand on this altar in worship, in prayer, in moments with Him, I get moments when I remember that night. I get moments when I remember the people's lives that have been transformed, the people's lives, the people that are living now right around our country, some that have moved overseas, but they've had moments with Jesus on this altar, which has led to the influence of this church, not just being inside these four walls, but the influence of this church spreading right around the world right around the globe there's people that have had moments of healing there's people that have had moments of salvation here who are now speaking and imparting the word of Jesus preaching the word of Jesus to their friends and families because of the sacrifices of this house because of what we've done So if you're standing on this altar this morning, 
you're not alone. I stood on this altar this week praying this exact prayer for myself. Going, God, I can't preach a word that isn't in me. God, I can't pray for people when I'm feeling flat. God, give me what I need to go. God, give me what I need to do today. God, give me what I need to do tomorrow. God, give me what I need. And so my encouragement to you who are standing out here is this next 21 days as we enter in to 21 days of prayer and fasting together is get on it. Get involved every day. Pray to Jesus every day. Speak to Him every day. Ask Him to speak to you. And I believe with you that your life will be transformed over this next 21 days. I believe with you that as you step off of this altar, something will have lifted. Father, I thank you for your love. God, your rest. To fill the hearts of your people. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.